This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Hey Thrivers, hope you're staying healthy and well. A lot of social media outlets and content creators have been showing off resources to the late COVID-19 pandemic. Here's my take on everything. Do the five. One, wash your hands. Two, cough into your elbow. Three, don't touch your face. Four, stay six feet away from others. Five, if you feel ill, stay home. Otherwise, I don't have any other clever resources for you. I won't pretend to have answers, nor will I sensationalize the situation as so many are doing. What I will do is take advantage of the opportunity to be my best self. I've been running a lot more. I've been eating better. A lot of tofu. I've been being nice to myself. Taking breaks when I need to. Taking naps. Playing video games. Working on side projects. Spending time with my girlfriend. I've minimized and maximized my social life at the same time. And yes, Zoom calls are not the same as being social, but nothing beats a virus like staying happy and safe at the same time. That's all I'm going to say. My challenge to you is this. Be optimistic. It is too easy, dare I say, a lazy mindset to look at the gloom and take it as 2020's defining feature. Don't do that. There's more. This is an opportunity not a meltdown. Treat yourselves well and stay thriving. Let's lower the curve in the stats and widen the curve on your smile. Let's spread positive health and growth to its full potential. Speaking of health and growth, we'd like to thank the Consciousness Network for sponsoring today's episode. The Consciousness Network has an outstanding record for improving the quality of life for thousands of people at a time with their mission. To spread awareness, compassion, service, community, well-being, and environmental sustainability. With the goal of creating healthier, more harmonious, and just communities, I've left events feeling more enlightened than ever before. One program I'm particularly excited for is with Dr. Michael Beckwith, speaking on what it takes to create an abundant and inspired life. Find out more on thecn.org. That is thecn.org. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Am I crazy for loving someone so damn hard I lose me, maybe? You have stumbled upon Mr. Thrive Stars of Tomorrow, where together we will discover emerging artist, singer actor Yael Caroli. Yael, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, I missed you, my old high school friend. I know, it's been a couple years, I would say. It has been, and you've, you've been incredibly busy since then, and I'm just, I'm so happy to see the work that you've been putting out there on social media and whatnot. A lot of that work is, uh, is your singing, you know, you've been, it seems like you've really been making the most out of your time in quarantine. Yeah, that is so true. I think that realizing that I finally have all this time, I've been trying to put it to use. Where'd that singing come from exactly? Oh my, well, it's kind of been a thing forever. Uh, my entire life, singing has been the most important thing. Um, but actually, writing my own music is fairly new. Um, that actually just happened in the last two years. But I, I just have been singing since birth, basically. Since birth, what was there? Was there a moment that specifically told you it was time to sing? Um, you know, I think there was one moment um, when I was about ten years old. I had done my first show. And um, it, my audition for my first show was kind of this like weird experience because I had no experience at all um, doing it prior. And um, going on and doing my first show, I played Annie and Annie um, was the moment that I realized like, this is what I want to do. Um, this is the thing that brings me the most joy and is something that I'm good at. So I guess when I was 10 years old, I mean, that sounds like a really empowering experience. You got the lead. Was that, that was your very first show? <laughs> it was my very first show. That's unheard I don't of. Know that's so lucky. <laughs> that's so funny. No, it's unheard of. Obviously, you should be proud of yourself. Since then, you've done so many more shows, and, and it's just it's crazy. What are some of the biggest highlights of your career so far? Probably graduating college in musical theater was like a highlight, I would say. And I feel really, I'm really proud of myself for. Um, doing that, the four years of really hard work. And I, throughout my experience, at, I went to Point Park University in Pittsburgh. Um, I got to do a bunch of shows at my school. Um, and that was a really great experience. But one of my favorite shows I ever got to do was um, my first professional gig um, was In the Heights. And that was at um, Pittsburgh CLO. Um, and there I played Carla. 
Uh, it was um, the show that got me my equity card. It was um, a great experience and definitely a highlight. So Pittsburgh Point Park sounds like it was like a really, it was a pretty pivotal point in your life, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. It was like the moment that I realized that I was going to be moving, you know, all the way across the country. Started off in, you know, California, moving to Pittsburgh was a big deal. Um, and the school itself, Point Park, it, it has a great um, program. The teachers there are great. And the theater scene in Pittsburgh is surprisingly um, really great as well. Uh, the summer shows at CLO specifically are awesome, and I was really lucky to get to do a show there. Um, but uh, along with that, like the school, we have this great playhouse where we perform all of our shows. And I got to do a bunch of great shows, including um, Cabaret and Sunday in the Park of George. Uh, great theater, for sure. Do you have a role that resonates with you most so far? Ooh, um, let me think. I have to go back to In the Heights. I, when I played Carla in the Heights, that, that role was um, resonated with me the most. It's like the, the show itself is very um, contemporary and um, that is like totally the style that I'm going, that I want to do. I want to be in like those next new contemporary modern musicals. Um, and In the Heights is probably the, the show that I got to do that was actually the most uh, contemporary. Um, getting to, you know, go on to the stage, like riff and, you know, wear uh, modern clothing. And it was just like a really, uh, I think that really resonated with me the most. I mean, it's, it sounds like such an incredible experience, really. I, and I imagine in that experience, just like how we did in high school, you get pretty close to your cast and crew, huh? Oh, definitely, definitely. I made some really great friends. The cool thing is that the cast, too, included a lot of people that had done the show on Broadway and had done it um, or on the tours and stuff. So getting to meet those types of people was really great too. Right, right. And was that a place where like the cast and the crew was very separated or they're very involved? I would say the crew is a little bit more separate just because they work for the theater. Um, they work specifically for the Benidum, which is the theater in Pittsburgh. Um, so we didn't really uh, get to interact with them as much uh, because that, that was like their, you know, normal job as they just did every show and the cast it was very um they, they were brand new we were brand new to each other uh for that experience and we did that one show and then it was over um but meanwhile the crew kind of stays so we didn't get as close with them but that work at CLO are awesome I, it, so it sounds like a really productive group have you ever there's a show that just recently uh came out uh made by Mindy from the office um uh it's called Never Have I Ever Oh, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, though. Oh, there's this great scene where, like, like everyone's kind of, like, upset. Everyone in, like, the main character's group is, like, obsessed with being in a relationship, and they're all, like, promising that they're going to go for their, their certain void that they've picked. And then, like, at one point, uh, the main character walks into a room that she's not supposed to be in mm -hmm. and finds, like, one of her best friends, like, making out with someone on the crew. Like, it's, oh, it's like a theater, it's like an actor-crew member relationship. And the crew member goes like, no, no, you can't tell anyone. Can you imagine the waves it's going to cause in the, in, the, in the drama department? <laughs> too real. It's so real. <laughs> I have to watch it. <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's so good. But, like, like it's, it's a thing. That's like a, that's like a thing in theater culture that has always resonated. Why do you think that's there? separation between actor and crew member yeah I, yeah I don't know I think that I mean I, I guess like in high school it's different because we're all you know we all go to class together and so you're able to get closer but I think once you yeah once it's harder once it's um more professional theater because uh the crew usually stays in that theater like they live in that theater basically um and if you're doing like summer stock or if you're doing uh regional productions um you're not, as an actor, you're probably not going to be there for as long, but maybe on Broadway, once you're, once you've made it on Broadway, you can get real tight with the crew. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. No, I mean, I think, I think back to like my high school theater experience, like I, I don't think I was ever close to anyone in particular on the crew. It, it's funny because I, I grew up and, and I got a career and I'm more technical now. And I think back, I'm like, I'm definitely more relatable to a crew member now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, in high school, I always wanted to be on the crew. I thought the crew people were the coolest, but what? I was never 
What would you do? What would you do? What would you do for this? Oh, I, I think probably like lighting. I think lighting is really interesting. I, I think lighting is probably my favorite part of the behind the scenes, or I guess not even behind the scenes. The 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 my favorite technical aspect of theater is lighting for sure. I think it's so important. It's it sets the tone in such a subtle way. Oh yeah. Like it's it's sometimes not subtle either. By the way, like sometimes it's just a blaring spotlight on someone. But, <laughs> I know it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes if you don't notice the lighting, that means that the lighting designer did a great job. But other times, if you do notice lighting for, I mean, causing some sort of impact that works with the show, then you know the lighting designer did a good job too. Well, there was some, there was a famous story about, uh, apparently Martin Scorsese, he talked about this on his masterclass. Uh, Martin Scorsese, even though he's not theater whatsoever, he went to one of the electrics, the, elect, like the, the, the key grip, on uh, one of his film sets and he wanted to ask a question like a technical question like how he knows certain things and whatnot and the the key grip looked at him and he said well do you really want to know and <laughs> Martin goes no really just curious yeah then don't ask and that was it <laughs> God, yeah <laughs> doesn't actually want to know if that's great right right it was just out of morbid curiosity right right doesn't need an answer just like wants to put it out there but they do keep track of so many different interesting things like, like I'm such an amateur I'm going to sound so dumb right now when I say this out loud but like the, the numbers that they have to keep track of while doing their job well it's like obvious of course there's numbers in it but like it just you're right lighting I get it they they are totally it's a very interesting job i totally get it for sure yeah. that would be my thing if i could be on crew one yeah. day yeah <laughs> now i remember um when we met before this interview you actually talked about an incident that even before you did annie uh you you had a discovery oh yeah for sure this is probably one of my my favorite stories um when I was about, I would say four years old, there was um, this uh, one night that I was having a real nightmare. And um, I went into my parents' bedroom, I guess. I don't actually remember this. This is from my mother. Um, but I went into her room and kind of shook her awake and uh, told her I had this bad dream. And my mom was like, okay, uh, you just need to be quiet because your dad is sleeping next to me. And I told my mom, well, don't you know, I can't hear in the dark. And my mom thought that was a bit concerning. I don't think a lot of four-year-olds say that. So she took me to the doctor and basically I had a tumor in my ear um, and it was causing me to uh, not be able to hear. And uh, I had to go through surgery and they ended up having to take out my eardrum. So I'm fully deaf now in my right ear. Um, and I have been uh, since that, you know, since I guess I was four years old. So to me, it seems very normal, but it is a little bizarre that, uh, you know, someone that can only hear out of one ear decides to go into a musical career. I think that's so wild and, and so cool, though. Like, it's it's very, very rare that, that happens. And yeah, it, it is. It was definitely like not unexpected. Um, and like I said, I sometimes I, I mean, most days I completely forget. Don't even doesn't feel any different to me. But I would always say, um, I'm I think I'm kind of lucky because if you ever see videos of Mariah Carey singing, she kind of closes one ear while she riffs. And I just have that naturally. So. <laughs> well, that I'm was, actually blessed. Well, that was what I was going to ask. That was my next question was, do you think that, that this incident somehow anatomically has helped your career and your ability? Maybe. I mean, I don't actually know just because I don't know what it's like to hear out of both ears, but I do sometimes think maybe because I can't hear out of one ear, I'm able to hear my voice um, in, in my head, I guess, a little better than the average person would. So maybe I'm able to, you know, harmonize easier, but I don't actually know for sure. Um, but I do think that it was, it was one of those things that, um, was a little bit of an obstacle and sometimes is, you know, when I'm auditioning for a big show and I'm in a dance call and I have to be in the back row and it's a big room and there's lots of people, it, it can be tough because, you know, I can't really see them and I, I rely a lot on lip reading. And um, so sometimes it can be a bit of an obstacle if, if I can't hear, you know, the instructions. Um, but also, 
I, I kind of think that in some ways it has helped just, you know, in small ways and I'm not, I'm, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> I think you should be. I, I think it's, I think it, it's, some, it's something that wouldn't normally be considered beautiful that worked out in a very beautiful way. I think that's, yeah, totally. and I mean, I'm telling you guys, if you listen to her music, it, it just sounds, it, it's, there's a reason why she's on stage. She really has the talent. And I mean, you even are signed onto a manager from what you even told me, right? Yeah, I have. I'm signed to an agency, um, a New York agency called The Mine. Uh, yeah, they're great. Um, they actually heard me first because um, my senior year at Point Park, uh, we had a senior showcase where basically we all got on a bus, uh, rented out a theater in New York off Broadway, and a bunch of uh, agents, casting directors, um, casting agencies came and watched us perform and um kind of in the hopes that someone will reach out to you with interest and it was cool to get signed out of that and also you know casting directors are able to see your face and um you know I got a couple uh auditions out of it and the next time I see them in the audition room they'll know who I am which is great that was a real highlight at Point Park for sure it sounds it sounds so important and I'm I'm so happy to see that you're doing just so well in that in that in your field Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, is there someone in particular that you look up to and, and find inspiration from? You know, actually, I do. I, I always look up to, to Ben Platt, who um, he's super famous. I, everyone loves him. Um, but what's cool about him is that he is he's doing basically exactly what I want to do. He starred in a brand new musical, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I mean, along with others, but that, that's the biggest one. And he was this, he got to originate a role. Um, and win a Tony, you know, win all the Tonys for it, uh, beyond Broadway. And then after that, he was able to go into TV and film. And he's now, you know, on The Politician, lots of other shows. Um, and he's recording his own music. And so that's just kind of my ultimate dream, to be able to do all three, um, TV, film, theater, and um, recording. Sounds like the dream. It sounds like a perfectly busy life that just <laughs> leads to so many awesome opportunities. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I think that's great though. Um, I think that being, um, like I've only been in New York after I graduated in May, I was in New York for eight months and I have only been in New York for such a short amount of time, but already I'm realizing it's totally possible to do everything because there's always new content being made. There's always someone in need of someone with talent. And it may seem daunting uh, to follow your dreams and go for something that is so difficult, but it's just every day I realize there's so much work to be had and you just have to get, you know, be at the right place at the right time, get lucky, but it can happen. It totally can. Is it, is, is it really getting lucky though? I mean, of course it's gonna require hard work and talent, but I do think a lot of it is luck because you go to New York, you sit in those auditions and you see how many talented people there are. You, you'll, you could stand outside the door of the audition and hear a hundred people and they all sound incredible. They're all amazing and they all have great technique. They're all, their heart is there, but you just have to be lucky that, you know, they're looking for someone exactly like you uh, something about you sparks interest and and sometimes it has nothing to do with with you at all it just has to do with what the casting director wanted that day so it, it there's a lot of factors I think luck is one of them did you always know that lesson going into auditions or did you have to learn that over time I think that I knew it to some extent just because it's kind of drilled in your brain that um you know uh, getting cast is impossible um but I think that going to New York, actually, I mean, I must have been on like, oh, I don't know how many, definitely 50 plus auditions. Um, and every time, you know, you, you, I, at, at that some point, I walked in and I wasn't even nervous. After the first five auditions, I, I walk in, it's like a walk in the park. It's, I'm not nervous anymore because, it, you know, you've done it so many times. And I think I realized like I can absolutely nail the audition. I can feel so great and feel like I just killed it and then never hear a word again. And it's, and it has nothing to do with me. I, and I know that because I'm in the same boat as all these other people. Right. And, um, 
I'm just realizing now that like, yeah, I guess after doing all those auditions, I realized that it really is just in the moment, pure luck or a connection that is out of your control. But it sounds like once you're in that room, there's something very natural that you're picking up that you become engrossed in. What, what is the mental training that goes into it? Oh yeah. I, I think some people really need to like warm up, have to go through a full like body vocal uh, warm up to get in that zone to audition and be as successful as possible. For me, I try and just make it as normal and just normal life as possible. So I don't, I don't really warm up. I, I just kind of am like taking in my surroundings, like, you know, I'm very aware of what I'm about to do. I'm about to go in front of this casting director and sing this song and do this monologue, do this scene, whatever. Um, I try to keep it as normal as possible because at the end of the day, you're trying to create, like uh, you're trying to recreate life in front of this casting director in a very uncomfortable situation. It, in an audition room, you know, there, there's nothing normal about an audition. It, it's the most awkward like not normal thing in the world but I'm trying to make it seem as lifelike as possible so I try to, I really try to just walk in there as me and do it obviously I'm going to be you know embodying a character but bringing myself as much as I possibly can to it have virtual interviews began yet definitely I mean it's not really I haven't been um and I haven't had any like I guess interviews but definitely auditions I have that's what I meant. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, yeah, I've had to film myself singing um, a song or doing whatever and sending it to casting directors. Um, that is not um, just because of the uh, quarantine. That happens normally as well, because um, many times uh, casting directors just ask for a video submission um, for whatever reason. And so, so this isn't like abnormal by any means, but I have submitted for a couple things. Unfortunately, it's not many because Broadway is shut down at the moment. Um, so casting directors aren't really looking right this very second to, you know, put up the next show. So it's, it's not many, but there have been a couple um, just to, like casting directors want to be prepared for when this quarantine is lifted, then we can, uh, and we're, once we're back to work, they'll have like someone on hand, but it's not, not much. <laughs> so what, what does an artist do then during this time? What, what does an artist like you during the, do during this time to stay busy? Yeah. I mean, at first it was kind of hard because it's, it's, it is kind of, it sucks to hear that Broadway is, you know, going to be closed for, you know, the remaining, how, I don't know how many months. Um, that sucks to hear. So at first it was, you know, a little bit hard to kind of swallow that pill. But after the, after I was able to kind of come to terms with that, I realized there's so much time for me now to create my own stuff. And that is a love and passion that I've recently discovered. And um, I've been writing a lot of music myself and collaborating with friends whenever I can. And yeah, it's been, it's been a great opportunity to uh, tap into that side because I will say theater, what's cool about it is that someone else wrote everything and I am just taking their, you know, creation and putting it up. Um, but it's, it's something awesome to be like, no, I, I'm going to say what's on, I'm going to say my own words and I'm going to do it my way. Uh, and actors don't get to do that often, so it's cool to be able to create. And you should be proud because it's it's hard in this time to find the motivation to create. I personally have, like, somehow have this motivation to, to keep the podcast going even during this time, take on three different scripts, and work on now an animation project. And it's like, it's so crazy, and I've never taken on so much at the same time. And I, like this this quarantine either like demotivates you or completely motivates you and oh, yeah. it's such a strange time it really is and it is day by day some days you know I feel like the most creative productive person ever and then the next day I don't touch my music I am as lazy as can be because that like there's no other way to cope you just have to take it day by day <laughs> yeah the, the big thing right now is just to be nice to yourself, find a way to stay optimistic and keep yourself busy. I mean, even if it means just watching a Netflix show and like binge watching it. 
Oh yeah, you know, you can learn so much from from watching other people's, you know, work. Like absolutely. Well, how does an artist find the inspiration for the words? Like how do you what is your process for songwriting in this time? Does it change at all? Yeah, that that's that's a good point because I always write from experience. Um, it's hard to write about something that I haven't experienced, although it, it's, you know, I have done it before, but um, usually I take it from my own life experience. But right now, there aren't many experiences that I'm having. Um, and I don't want to write about, you know, a pandemic. Um, although maybe I should. Uh, but I, right now, so I, I'm just taking, you know, past memories and trying to, you know, put that on paper or whatever's kind of going on in my brain. And yeah, it, it's not going to probably be, I'm not writing necessarily about what's happening to, in my day-to-day -day life right now because not much is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is hard to find that, that certain inspiration for like the tiny details that you would normally get when life is not quarantined. Like I said before, it's a different time. It, it really is. But luckily, it, it, it's, it's always good to remind yourself that it's temporary. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take time and using it. But also, like, I know that this is all going to be a distant memory, hopefully. Uh, very soon. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are, you know, really hurting in this time. What is something, what is a piece of advice that, that you would have for staying positive? It seems like you're a fairly positive and enthusiastic person in this. Correct me if I'm wrong, by the way. I, you know. No, I feel, I, I do feel positive and I wasn't positive at the beginning so I've, I but I feel like I've uh, I've definitely made my way to a positive uh, outlook on everything um, I think that the main thing that helped me was keeping in contact with my friends it's so easy to when nothing in life is happening to just like not chat with your friends and not do the normal things that you always do I have the best friends in the world and we actually FaceTime every night we were on like I don't know over a month streak of facetiming every night and we talk and we and we have theme nights every night is a different theme like it, it's a great time so it, but if i didn't have that i feel like i would probably just kind of keep to myself and i don't want to you know talk to my friends about nothing so i guess i would just not say anything at all but sometimes talking about nothing is what we need because we need to be there for each other. And also I think during quarantine, it's a perfect time to collaborate with people because we have all the time in the world and why not? Um, and it's not like, you know, your, your schedule is going to get in the way. So I, I've been really lucky to get to talk with my friends that are also writing their own music and then working with them. Well, I've been, I've been seeing it tremendously that, that, through, um, uh, primarily through social media, artists have been finding ways to support either other artists or just everybody in general, and even themselves in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, during this quarantine, I feel like more than ever, you know, you have different people who are able to make and sell masks on Etsy. And then like, <laughs> I actually, um, this is probably something that, this is actually something I typically don't talk about on the podcast, but I saw the other day, like this really well done, chalk drawn piece on the ground of like the cat from Alice in Wonderland uh -huh. and it said right above it hang in there Aww. but then it had an Instagram handle drawn very accurately to the Instagram logo right next to it and so I contacted the person and now I'm talking to her about being on the podcast as an artist because she's totally in the art scene as well um just trying to support her community and I was so inspired by that yeah like put your this is the perfect time to put yourself out there like i yeah i love that she you know put her instagram handles for people to be like who is this girl i i think that's awesome and then i did something the other day that i don't typically do that i should do more often i think i'm probably going to be doing it a lot more so I, I i run a lot i've been running a lot more i'm not much of a runner by the way but now i'm in my cool down and i was thinking about like right when the quarantine started i just left my job I just left my old job for a new job. So it was like a very weird transitional period where not only I was transitioning, but the world was transitioning into something. And in doing so, in all this happening, like I left a lot of my friends back there and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go call them. I'm just gonna go call all these different people who I haven't heard their voices 
and it was just really nice to to hear everyone's voices and to see how they're doing. I mean, wow, it just, you know, some people really find motivation from the strangest places, and it's really beautifully intriguing to see the human spirit come alive during this time. But yeah, and and you talked about how you were upset at the beginning. What was the main reason? I mean, for me, it was uh, like... It's just such a huge change. I was living in New York up until a month and a half ago. So really dropping my entire life, both of my jobs, um, all my auditioning at my apartment, everything, my entire life that I'd been building for the last eight months and completely dropping it and then going back across the country uh, to my childhood home. It was just like such a crazy change. And granted, I didn't have to do that. I could have stayed in my apartment in New York, but the, you know, New York is like the epicenter of the pandemic. So it's like really not great to be there right now. And my apartment is small. It would have been, you know, you can't leave. It would have been very uh, claustrophobic there. And all of my friends had left as well. So there was just no point. Um, But so basically dropping my entire life uh, to come home was a huge change and it's not easy to go through that change so dr- drastically and so dramatically. Um, so I think that that's why it was hard for me and like not being able to work is hard. Just feeling like you don't have a purpose day to day is hard. But then I realized like my life gets so much better once I give myself a daily goal or purpose um, as an artist. And And again, like not finally, finally having the time to actually go for what I, you know, have always wanted to do. And that's write music. And, um, there, it's so easy when you're in your normal life to just say, Oh, I didn't, I I don't have time tonight. I was, I've been working all day. Like, I don't want to, um, work on that right now. And now I have no excuse. Um, so it was definitely hard at the beginning though. Uh, it was not easy. And now it's, it is, I just take it day by day. Yeah. Well, you should be proud of yourself. I feel like, you know, while I feel like we're all finding a way, some are doing it better than others, and I think you're doing a very good job, and and uh, I commend you. Seriously. <laughs> That's why you're on the podcast, by the way, is because, like, <laughs> it takes a certain kind of motivation, and, and this is a podcast about emerging artists and, like, the best personalities in them and what really defines an artist. I think you're something that defines that, so. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. You said you were working on something right now, though. Uh, you said you're working on some some lyrics. It sounded like you're for some for your songwriting. Yeah, yeah I, I'm actually working on a new song that I am really excited about right now. Can you talk about it? Sure. Um, <laughs> so I have always uh, written. Um, with, you know, I've, I'm like not exactly the best pianist or guitar player at all. I'm very much a beginner. Um, but being able to come home and uh, have the time. Now I'm teaching myself more guitar and piano and also garage band logic softwares, um, which I have no experience with. So I'm, I'm really beginner as well, but wow. I've been playing around with that a lot. And I just started working on this brand new song. I can send you actually the beginning minute of it that I have done, if you would like. Um, we'll use it for the intro of this perfect. episode. I love that idea. I, I actually would really love to, to put it out there because it's, it's, I'm really excited about it. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and it's just a song that I, I wrote because it, I, of, of, you know, events that kind of weigh on your mind. I think the best way to, to work through them and to kind of let them go is by writing a song about them. So I think that's so cool. It did I? You know what? The one thing when I when I when I would write poetry, you know what? I never could do. I never could rhyme well. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm the worst rapper. <laughs> 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 that's low. Kind of an important part of rapping. I, I hate to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like at the summer camp I went to, I remember like there was like one kid who like kind of got us into like the rap bug because he was really good at freestyling so we all wanted to freestyle like him so I started like trying to do some songwriting and none of my lines rhymed and I just was so bad at like thinking about something that wasn't corny yeah yeah I, I mean I relate I, I think that the lyrics are for sure the hardest part for me like melody I can make up a melody in a second you know that I love it takes no, no time at all um it's the definitely the lyrics that are the hardest part for me and I sometimes try to write music with uh lyrics first but I I feel like that 
never feels really natural. So I always actually um, write the melody first and then, but the, I always have just like a concept in mind of what I want to say. I think the most important thing, the most important question in songwriting is before you start writing a song is what are you trying to say? What, what, what are you trying to tell your listener? Or like, what story are you trying to tell? The more, the more specific, the more people are able to relate to it, the more people are interested to hear like what you have to say about it. Um, so that's what I, that's what I try to do. That's so interesting because I would think it's, it'd be the other way around in terms of difficulty of the, 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 finding the melody being the harder part. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's, it's so the opposite. Like melody is just the easiest thing ever. And then lyrics are hard. Even if I know exactly the story I'm trying to tell or, or whatever I want to sing about, it's, the lyrics are hard because you're right. And sometimes it can sound corny and sometimes it, it means something to you, but you don't know if it'll translate well to any other listener which, you know, you have to think about if you, if you actually want, you know, it to be important to anyone else other than you, you have to make your music at least sort of relatable. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking to that nature, one thing I've always found super interesting about poetry, about any kind of writing for that matter, is even though words by themselves are so black and white, you know, almost, almost, but the same value as numbers and that they just mean one thing, right? Mm -hmm. If they're clumped together and they're put together and you try to convey it in one way, the other people's perception on the receiving end is so interesting. Like, um, like the poem, like the famous poem that we all know, The Road Less Traveled. Everyone's always thought about that as like, take a less common route to your dreams, you know, take, do something, do something very, you know, unique and, and don't be a, don't be a, don't be a sheeple, you know, that, that's the kind of message. And then they asked the actual poet himself what that poem meant. And he literally said, I was taking a hike and I took a route I had never taken before. And I was glad I did. And that was all the poem was. Oh, we love that. That's great. I did not know that story. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me I was I, I I just I agree completely that there are so many songs that I hear and I give it this meaning and it it, it like I, I'm like this song gets me this is exactly how I'm feeling and then um you'll hear the artist talk about that song or how they wrote it and it's just so not at all what you interpreted it as but that's the whole point you know you you want any person that that hears it to be able to relate to it in some way, or at least that's what I want. I, I my favorite kind of music is the one that I listen to the words and I like can feel that the singer or the artist is um, bringing something out of you know bringing something of themselves to the song. Um, but I completely interpret it to fit my life, and that's awesome. That means that we like kind of have something in common, even though we've never met. Do you, do you study, I don't even know if this is available out there, this kind of information, but is it known out there how different artists uh, create their music? And if so, you know, do you, do you often like compare and contrast? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, the way I find out about artists and their, you know, I guess their process is uh, definitely through YouTube and like genius. Um, they release a lot of videos um, of the artists, you know, singing through their lyrics, explaining like where it comes from. And I love watching videos of artists that are really amazing uh, producers uh, going through how they produce their songs and each instrument, like each sound that they included. And it's such an interesting, because this is so new, I feel like, you know, we used to just have a band and that was it. But now people are, are writing music by themselves completely, just from the sounds that they're able to make on Logic or whatever software they use. Um, I love watching that. And that is always very inter interesting and inspiring because um, I wanna be able to do that in quarantine. I I'm not gonna be able to, you know, gather my dearest friends to, you know, play their instruments. So I, it's kind of cool to be able to just do it by myself on the software. It definitely is. And it's actually funny that you bring that up because a couple of weeks ago, I had actually interviewed a, a gentleman named Neil Watson from a band called The Screens. And his, his music is very much inspired by the British invasion kind of sound. Okay. And he was telling me, I didn't know this at all, but the, when the style of producing and recording and songwriting, like the method to that was com is completely different than it is now. Yeah. And 
okay, well, we get the technology was different. But what I didn't know was that today's artists, they'll come in one time and they'll use the studio once and they'll leave because yeah. they, they, they know precisely what and how they're going to do it leading up to being in the studio. Yeah. But back then, what, what he was telling me was that bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, they had a general idea and they, had, they knew what they wanted to write about, but there wasn't a plan. And so they would go into the studios for six months at a time to create and experiment with sound. And then they would release it. And that was such an interesting thing to me. I, I had never heard of that before. And I, maybe I should have known that, but I thought that was just like a really neat anecdote about, about the difference of time and how, what our, what our methods have changed. That's so cool. I, and I totally believe that. Like, I don't know. I feel like when, yeah, at times when the Beatles and Rolling Stones and stuff are going in the recording studio, they, yeah, they would spend all, all day, all night for months on end because they, they really were make, making discoveries and experimenting with, you know, all of their, with everything that they could. And I feel like now, you know, everyone's on a rush, everyone's kind of in a rush. Everyone's, um, how, how much money are we paying for the recording studio? Like how many hours are we allowed to be here? The next group has to, you know, it's, it's all kind of just a big, you know, time crunch and i'm i do love the idea of just taking your time and maybe that's why the quarantine you know is kind of a blessing in a way uh because now artists do have that time and don't have to be on such a time crunch maybe i i do believe that after this is over we're gonna have like the such a great like art scene and there's gonna be some amazing music that's being released there's gonna be some amazing films tv great theater and it's it looks bleak right now but i do think there's going to be a big boost in art as soon as this is over definitely i think a new wave of cinema is going to come out for sure mm -hmm. just based around the storytelling of what it's like to be in a quarantine yeah yeah we're probably gonna get a lot of movies like that huh <laughs> well i think so i and i i even like my friend uh who was actually interviewed on this podcast. Her, her name is Dana. She told me about a, a dating experience she had because she just was starting to date someone while the quarantine was happening. And I was like, oh my God, what a perfect romance movie right there. I want to <laughs> write this. I want to write this script. It's so good. Right. And I thought, I thought like, wow, what a great, <laughs> what a great story. Like, what, like seriously, it's, it's, it's different. It's just, it's, this, this is a, uh, like an influential impact like no other. Yeah. And an experience like that we all share and every human can relate to it. So <laughs> we're all in it together. Yeah. Well, speaking of being all in it together, um, you're not the only talent in your family. <laughs> yes. I have been a very talented family in many different aspects, but my older brother is also a musician, um, and he plays guitar, has an awesome voice, and he's also an artist, like can draw like no other. He is great at uh, scratch board um, art. I, I'm obsessed with everything he makes. And my little brother is super talented, not artistically necessarily, but um, tech technically and technologically. Um, he can, you know, outcode anyone. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's doing half the time on his uh, computer, all, all of his different monitors. Um, but also he, he just built himself a bass guitar. What? Uh, like he actually went and got wood and built his own bass guitar. And he doesn't know how, he didn't know how to play bass, but now he's teaching himself how to play bass just because he wanted to. And he's, he can. I love that about him. Well, I know... Noam Caroli. He's always been a cool guy. He's after what you just told me. He sounds like the coolest guy ever. But like, what's something that's very much not cool about him? You would know. You're you're his sister. What Noam is not cool? Ooh. <laughs> Give me the dirt. Give us the dirt. He, he is such a dorky dog dad. He is the dorkiest dog dad there ever was. He. You should hear how he talks to his dog. <laughs> just like the dorkiest voice he and he's obsessed with his dog i mean like it's so cute but also so dorky <laughs> what kind of dog is it 
Um, it's an Australian Shepherd. His name is Escher, and he's just the cutest dog ever. Okay, well, Australian Shepherd, that makes sense. They're, they're pretty yeah. cute. I get it. <laughs> Super cute. But my, yeah, my older brother, it's like, I've never seen the side of him. All of a sudden, he is just so, you know, obsessed with this dog. He, he, he and he'll like risk his life for this, for this dog, which is so cute. Oh, I love it. Risk it all. I'm a dog guy too, so that totally resonates with me. Are you a dog or a cat person? I'm a dog person, but to be fair, I never had dogs or cats growing up. But now that Escher is in our lives, um, I'm um, yeah, firm, like complete dog person to the end. But I I love cats too, but I just would say I'm a dog person. (laughs) I love that. That's so cute. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you and your brother, I've some of the some of the content that you've been putting on your Instagram, you've also been, uh, you, you've been you've been collaborating with them. Yeah, and that's again like how I brought up uh, collaborating during the quarantine. I mean, like the coolest thing is that my brother and I have never gotten to collaborate musically. And, and that's so surprising to hear, by the way, because the music's always been there. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that when we were younger, it was a little bit of you know, we didn't want to compete with each other. And I was the younger sister and, and, you know, we were kind of in different phases of life, but now it's awesome. We're both home. Uh, he, he's staying at home with me just, you know, kind of to keep honestly to keep me busy, but he lives in Santa Barbara usually. Um, but he and I finally have gotten to, you know, connect in, in a musical way and it's awesome. He's like a great guitar player and I love harmonizing with him. It's just, a, yeah, I'm so happy to be able to do that now. God, that's so cool. I, I, I love that. I, so I've never had a brother or a sister. I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I always wondered like what it would be like to collaborate with blood relative. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're already going to be in sync in so many ways. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and, we are we just we did our first cover together and now we're going to work on another one and it's just nice that um there really is a bunch of things that can come out of uh quarantine and one of them is you know being close with again with family um i was really bummed to be out of new york but also if i was in new york i wouldn't be with my family so i'm always really grateful for that yeah it sounds like you're really close to them yeah, we're we're really tight knit family. I'm really lucky. Um, me and my two brothers and my parents, and they're really supportive. The coolest thing about them is that they never once questioned, you know, oh, really, she's going into to theater or she's going into music like that. You know, they never ever, um, you know, tried to sway me in a different direction. I'm so lucky, and they're the biggest, the most supportive people in the world. And so many families you know, question that too. And to a certain extent, I get it for that practicality sake, but otherwise, you know, don't cut wings off a bird. Right, exactly. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, had I gone into, I don't know, something, you know, something that's more, you know, normal, I guess, quote unquote, normal, of a job, I would probably be out of the job right now. When I went into theater, you know, they always say, oh, like, you're never going to work. You're going to have, you struggle so much. But now that we're in quarantine, doesn't matter if you're in theater, what up? You're, everyone's struggling. So I don't feel too bad about going into the arts. <laughs> I get you. It's been, it's been a wild adventure, but transitions aren't a unusual thing for you because you weren't originally from America before. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, I'm the first person in my family to be born in America, but my my whole family, they're from Israel, so I'm Israeli and American, um, and yeah, but I, I see what you mean, like, I, I definitely, my, my whole life was in California, then I had this transition period into moving to Pittsburgh, and that only lasted, I was only there for four years, and then I had this transition period to New York, and that was kind of cut short because of this. Um, so I'm gonna, then I transitioned back home and in a couple months I will be transitioning back to my life in New York. So I definitely feel like, I mean, I know that I'm in the beginning stages. I just graduated. I've, I have so much, you know, still to learn before I feel comfortable at all. And I don't want to feel comfortable right now. I think that at 22, you know, you shouldn't be comfortable. You should be 
pushing yourself to start it's everything you're just at the beginning of everything and um I have so much that I have to look forward to so much that I want to do and right now every day should be a big question mark it should be uh, like what am I gonna do today what 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 am I gonna push myself to do today I think it's such a great challenge it goes along with the theme of do one thing a day that scares you right yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it doesn't matter how old you are you should always do something that scares you yeah I think that's I think that's so incredible and you should be again I'll say it again you're so <laughs> proud of yourself I can't wait to see the work that you continue to do in theater as an actor I mean you're almost a triple threat <laughs> I know I I wouldn't say I'm a threat when it comes to dancing but you know I could hold my own <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, if someone on the other end listening right now wanted to contact you, reach out, potentially audition you, or even collaborate, what is the best way to reach out to you? The best way to reach out is um, either through my Instagram, which is yaelcaroli.com. Um, shockingly, not a lot of Yael Caroli, so I didn't have to fight for that uh, website. Um, or you can contact me through my Instagram social media, which is also at yaelcaroli. All that information will be displayed in the description below. And finally, Yael, the question I ask everybody on my podcast, what will you be famous for? I hope that I am famous or I have a legacy for many different things. Um, a part of half my heart wants to tell you that I want to be famous for being, you know, the star of a new Broadway musical. Another part of my heart wants me to be famous for um, my music and what I have to say and the music that I want to release to the world. So I'm just gonna say both of those things and along with whatever, whatever will come to me in the coming experiences of my life. I love it, Yael. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Again, so talented. Have a great rest of the evening, and this has been a pleasure. Really oh, happy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. It was awesome. If you've listened this far into the episode, it must mean you're a thriver. A great way to support my show is to follow my socials. You can follow my Instagram, at Mr. Thrive, like the Facebook page, Mr. Thrive Media, and be sure to check out my website at www.mrthrive.com to learn more about the Thriver experience. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.